you know, so... What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, You mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, bake my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Do, do we really have to behave? Um, so anyway, so this is uh, Dean Burns. You're listening to Closets Are For Clothes. As you know, um, Gabe is on assignment um, in... What's that? I'm not Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so Keith Orr from uh, Common Language is here to join us for this evening's show. Welcome, Keith. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, I have to admit, I've been I kind of love the drive here today because I found out that there are football tryouts. Ooh. So lots of young athletic um, men. Of course, of course, I find them when it's a, the coldest day of the week, but that's okay. So they're all got their shirts and long johns on and all that good stuff. So oh well. So that. It- it was because of the bodies you were interested, not because of your overwhelming interest in football. <laughs> well, I, I have, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Okay. <laughs> the throngs, not the thongs, but the throngs of all these men that have to stop traffic, and you know, and the hundreds and hundreds of folks that are crossing the street. But, uh, but yes, when so, do the swimmers come? Uh, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so what have you been up to? Oh, boy. Has it been a busy time for us? Oh. But Pride Month, we are in the middle of Pride Month. We are. We are. And every Pride Month, we start off by going down to Gay Days at Disney. Oh. So when is it a tradition? Like, which day it is? Yeah, it's actually always the first Saturday of June. Oh, okay. And it started uh, 17 years ago, I think. And it was just some folks in Orlando. They were throwing a going away party. Uh Uh-huh. And if you've ever been to Disney, you know, there are always families that, like, travel wearing the same thing so they can spot each other. Oh, okay. And you look at another, it's like, oh, look, there's the blue family. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. And um, so uh, this party kept getting bigger and bigger, and they oh, realized, wow. oh, you know, there could be 50, 60 people coming. So, you know, let's all wear red so that we can find each other. Oh, but it turned out there were, like, a couple of hundred who showed up because it just kept spreading. Oh, my and gosh. So there were a couple of hundred people who showed up, and they had so much fun that even the guy, though the guy was gone and there was no more going away party to do, they did it the next year and a few thousand people showed up. Oh my gosh. And now the last few years it's been um, up to, I think this year they estimated 150,000 people were involved in some part of the gay days week. Oh my word. Oh my gosh. So it's just, and you know, there's um, a lot of really fun things about it. Um, uh, You know, the most important thing is, is that we have all of these um, wide variety of people showing up, you yes. know. And uh, the one, for instance, one of the most fun things is: um, Have you ever been to Disney? World? Oh no, I haven't. They, well, I was when I was like five, five. or six. Okay, right, yeah. so over in Frontierland, <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom, there, there's there's a little um, uh, show called the Country Bear Jamboree. 
And yes, it's, okay. And it's this all animatronics thing where, yes. you know, different bears come up and they sing their little <laughs> things. and like I feel like I'm there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and at one o'clock on Gay Day at the Magic Kingdom, uh-huh. the bears show up for the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> and... It is just, I can't describe how much fun it is. And it's gotten so huge that there's now like four shows in a row that are just nothing but bears because there's so many people waiting to get in. It's it's just absolutely so much fun. Oh my God, that's great. I I actually wrote a little bit about why we go on on my blog. Oh, that's right. Right. My blog, Speak Out. And of course, that's S-P-E-A-K. A-U-T. Surprise! Speak out, isn't it? Uh, .blogspot.com. Anyway, um, and I say, you know, here are the reasons we um, love to go. One, It's queer friendly. Yes. And Disney's pretty much always queer friendly. Yes. Because about 30% of Disney employees at Walt Disney World uh-huh. um, are gay. No, really? Oh, wow. And, you know, this shouldn't be a real big surprise because Disney is like one of the biggest employers of entertainers, musicians, and service industry people. True. And if there's are any careers that you can say screen queer, um, I would say that would be entertainment, music, and service industry. That's right. So, um, uh, so, you know, it's pretty much always gay friendly. But, of course, during this, this week, it's just, you know, huge. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, why go places where you have to come out again? Yes. You know, yes. and I understand right. it's important. We have to come out all the time, but you know, it's it's stressful. Well, and I think, and that- when you're on vacation, you don't want to do stressful right. things. Exactly. So, you know, that's why we love going to. We collectively yeah, like yeah, going yeah. to Provincetown and Saugatuck and Key West. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and gay days at Disney. So, <laughs> that's uh, right. That's right. Then, then of course, it's also warm, which, you know, oh, yes, yeah. when we, at the beginning of this month, it was 92 here or something. So right. it's not like we really escaped anything. <laughs> but after this long winter, I'll take any warmth. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's also escapist, which True. You know, is good for vacations as well. I That's mentioned, right. you know, Country Bear Jamboree and, you know, spending part of your d- day inside Muppet Vision 3D, uh, helping Buzz Lightyear <laughs> defeat the evil Zerg. You know, there's just <laughs> so much wonderful stuff going on. Oh. Um, but of course, most of all, like any Pride event, the, the one of the really cool things about going is that it's an empowering Thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have, and as I say, there's just the wide diversity. Um, you know, it's become more, uh, there's a, a big family element, of course, you know, now that gay parenting has oh, become yeah. any, at least a reasonably accepted thing in the world. <laughs> right, um, right. And, and, you know, so there's uh, um, uh, parents with their kids and there's, um, you know, and there's the leather boys and there's the bears and there's uh-huh. singles and there's, you know, circuit boys who are there for the big circuit party because their circuit parties going on all week long as wow. well. Wow. All this. So, you know, wide wow, variety. That's one heck of a party. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, in fact, the party, what do they call it? One one mighty party, I think they call it. Um, uh, on that Saturday night, um, they actually rent Hollywood Studios. 
Um, wow. The, what used to be MGM Studios. Right, right. Um, for the evening. And they do the big party right there, right in front of the big Mickey Sorcerer's hat. <laughs> they have, you know, all the dancing going on. And they leave open the ride. So people are, wow. you know, going from the circuit party over to the rock and roller coaster. <laughs> Tower of Terror. You know, great. Take the circuit boy. Drop him 13 floors. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, the, the amazing, and, you know, the thing is, we're all there on that Saturday for one reason, and that's to enjoy the park. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, it's funny because there's, you know, the AFA and, and well, I was Fred about Phelps to ask you and about all of those that, yeah. folks always want to show up, but Disney won't let them on their property. Nice. And of course, they have so much property that these <laughs> that these protests are taking place like out at I-4, like 20 <laughs> miles away. They're carrying their little signs. It's like, thanks, go right ahead. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so... Oh. Um, uh, uh, you know, and so they're doing the political thing, but we're right. not. Right. You know, we're right. just there to enjoy the park. And, you know, for a change, we're in the majority. Yes. Because yes. there is this sea of red when you walk so in. So everybody still wears red. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. wow. Absolutely. Wow. And uh, so, you know. It's so a- I wonder what that's like for the people who are in the minority that go there. They don't realize... You know, well, like what is it for, like for them? And well, you know, a, a couple of different things happen. One is um, uh, a lot of people just plain enjoy it once they right. realize what's going on. It's uh, you know they're like fine with it, and they realize that you know no political statements going on. No one's you know if there are any public displays of affection, there's nothing that you know a straight couple wouldn't do at Disney World. Right, right. You know, uh-huh. um, which in general is not big, passionate, anything. It right. might be the peck on the cheek or holding the hands or something right. like that. And that usually you happens know? in the, like, the love tunnel or whatever that, <laughs> whatever that tunnel is, yes. So, um, uh, you know, some of them are just fine with it. Others, of course, are, you know, like, oh, my vacation's ruined. And, you know, <laughs> what, what Disney does at that point, and at first I felt kind of weird about that, that Disney did this because it sort of felt like, they were bowing to something, but then right. I realized, you know, Disney's job is just to make sure people have a good time. Right, right. And and if uh, folks are uncomfortable with this, this might not be the time to deal with it. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, right. And so basically, they give them a ticket to one of the other parks. You know. Oh wow. So it's like you know, if they don't have the park hopper pass, right, right. You know, it's like fine. You here's the park hopper. You can go to. At the Animal Kingdom or Epcot or whatever, if oh, you're really so uncomfortable here. So it's not throughout all the property. It's just in Disney. Well, on, on, uh, on the it's actually a different one every day. Oh, so, okay. You know, Thursday is Animal Kingdom. Oh, so it's Friday, not just January for, or the first Saturday the, of the month. The first Saturday is the big one. That's at the Magic Kingdom. Okay. So that's where it really happens. Okay. Um, the others, you know, you definitely see people sort of following the um the the God, prescribed course. <laughs> Um, it's right, but it, it's it's the big day is out at the Magic Kingdom. Oh, okay. Now, does it so, do the other things happen before the Saturday, or that builds up to that, or um, is it Saturday's like the kickoff? Yeah, there's. I mean, it, no, it starts beforehand. It's really a week long stuff, and not okay. all of it is happening at Disney. In okay. fact, the host hotel is just off Disney property. Oh, okay. Um, and there's always a business expo there, and you know, there's pool parties that go on there. Nice. Um, there's uh, big parties that go on in Orlando. Um, um, wow. There's another party I think that happens at one of the water parks. Oh wow. Um, um so it's just <laughs> I won't even ask about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know just lots and lots of stuff um gotcha. along those lines. And then of course there's always like the street people who walk in accidentally wearing red. 
The straight guy who's got his red shirt on and he's got his girlfriend or wife with him and spends the whole day holding her. (laughs) Or I may be wearing red, but, you know, or runs into the first souvenir shop and gets anything else to wear. Exactly. Wouldn't it be funny if the souvenir shop only sold red? (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody actually at one of the souvenir shops uh, at Epcot on on Sunday, we noticed it was somebody had obviously taken some time to do a nice little rainbow display. Oh. Rainbow dealy boppers oh and the, you know, anything rainbow they had in one little area. Oh, so wow. That was, okay. So that was fun. But one of the other really cool things about it is Disney's not always been like this. Right. I don't know if you recall, but I'm I'm old enough to remember when gay people were banned from uh, the kingdom. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was because there was some... Uh, a couple of guys who danced at Disneyland right. and Uncle Walt who went apoplectic and yes. banned gay people. I mean, I don't know how you can ban them, but right, he at right. least banned any sort of actions, right, you know, right. overt uh-huh. actions. Um, so, you know, first time I ever went to Disney was long after Uncle Walt had died, but still in the back of my mind was... yeah. It's the evil empire. I don't want to go. Why are you dragging me here? That's right. And that's um, right. and I went and just had a great time. And then, of course, we discovered that this was another one of those cases where corporate change happened. Yeah. And I think it started happening about the thirty minutes after Uncle Walt died, because um, because yep. you know these people realized this is our industry. Yes. You know? Yes. Exactly. And, and so it's really become an incredibly gay friendly yeah. um, place. And, 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 and did their own little coming out, I guess, because of 30% of their employees, I mean, cause now when I hear about like, Oh, well we need to ban Disney from offering domestic partnerships and our benefit, our uh, domestic uh, benefits and things like this. I, I now understand them saying, mm, no, <laughs> sorry <laughs> that we got to isolate a third of our people. You know, yeah. I can see why they're like, um, no, no, thanks for asking, but nope. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it is funny because the AFA tried to do a boycott of Disney. Yeah. And it's like, you know, who stands more for the family in the, the world yes. than Disney? And I think a lot of people looked at that and even people who otherwise might be AFA supporters and yes. went, you know, this isn't right. This isn't the right fight. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so somewhere along the line, they called the, the boycott off and found some excuse for declaring victory. I, yes, you know, it's yes. sort of like the Ford thing where, yeah, I was they, found, say Ford. where they found some excuse for declaring victory. And anyone in on it is like, what? what? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, man. I'll tell you, AFA, whatever. Oh, But I know there is one thing that I would never ban in our community. What's that? And that would be book clubs. Oh, uh, this sounds like a segue to me. It is, absolutely. <laughs> um, and we have Kevin from the, oh, it's the Spectrum Center now. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Um, and, as of March. As of March, okay. Where have you been, Dan? I know, I know. I'm still trying to get used to it. I'm still. Uh... <laughs> we fact, all are. In fact, somebody was saying, well, why did, I was talking to someone last night, and they were like, you know, so why did they switch their name to the Spectrum? And I said, I really have no idea, but I think it probably had to be that people were saying that they didn't the LGBT didn't fit them and so yeah, instead of adding all the extra letters it was just like you know they called themselves a spectrum and they says well isn't that why we have like it's a rainbow of people and I kind of looked at it and went 
do you know what a spectrum is? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hello, like this. And I was like, don't don't go further, Dan. But uh, <laughs> but I definitely want to go further about the book club. Now, are you are in charge of the book club or are the chair or the convener? I or? guess my unofficial title is coordinator. I, coordinator. I call myself. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Or coordinator, whatever you want to call it. He looks pretty coordinated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, what's the book of the month for this year or this month? The book for the month for this year, which Keith has with him, I, I saw, oh, is oh. For Now, For Always by Marianne K. Martin, who oh. will actually be joining us at the meeting. Uh, so we'll be hosting the author at our next meeting. So is she like a local artist or is she... She um... is. Local writer. Oh, wow. Um, and this book was nominated. It was a finalist for the Lambda Literary Award for oh. lesbian fiction. So... We're really excited to have her. Oh, wow. That's great. Now, how do you go about choosing? I mean, how does the book club choose the next book? So once about every four to six months, we'll pick out books, about six to eight books at a time. And we just draw suggestions from anyone at the meeting. Mm. Um, we try to, our, our main criteria is that it has to be less than 400 pages. We try to pick books that are available in paperback to cut down on costs. Okay. And we just try to have a variety of books, mostly non, uh, mostly read fiction. Okay. Um, but we just try to mix it up, you know, different topics, different types of books. So we'll, we'll read um, love stories. We'll read um, sort of, we've read horror stories. You know, oh, we, we've wow. We've read memoirs, oh, wow. um, coming of age Wait novels. Minute. Fictional memoirs. That's very interesting. Okay, so that go ahead. Non -fiction. <laughs> yeah. be non -fiction <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> Although um, David Sedaris, we read some of his stuff too, so I don't know how much his, yeah, how do you say if that's fiction or nonfiction. Oh my gosh. So, and then you just, and, and so then how, like, okay, so you, you have a tie among three books. Do you guys just throw we, them We try to hand? get consensus, you know. Okay. Um, it's never been a really problem of picking books. Like, oh, wow. we, we just seem to, to reach an agreement on everything. So, wow. it works out really well. And, uh, love those kind of groups. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Book people are, are pretty agreeable. Oh, are they? Okay, gotcha. See, you're, you're looking at some at a person who, like, I would probably pick, like, uh, you know, I have two daddies. You know, I, I probably <laughs> would buy, It's under 400 pages. It's, it can come in uh, soft, uh, soft cover. But anyway, but um, so. So like okay, so then you go to a book club. Yeah. Now, do you have to have read the book before you go? It helps. Okay, got it. Not absolutely necessary. We don't test you. Okay, got it. All right, <laughs> but it, it does help to participate in the discussion. You know, if you know what you're talking about. Gotcha. And then how do you discuss it? I mean, how do you, um, you know, like what do you guys talk about? So we usually just start with overall impressions of the book, and okay. then from there we just. Uh, talk about whatever's of interest, you know, the, the particular character or a decision that's made in the book or the writing, huh. um, subject matter that's present in the book. Oh, wow. So, like, oh, then, and then what happens, like, okay, so you're going to have the actual writer, the author here. Yes. And so I, I, I wouldn't want to, like, well, you know, I really question whether the motivation of this character, and blah, 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 or, or do you? Or oh. do just say, like, I don't know what you're thinking about this person. What happens? Yeah, I try to tell the authors, this isn't the first time we've had an author, so okay. usually when we do, I try to tell the authors, you know, we're going to criticize the book. No one's ever mean about it. You okay, know? good. Because um, there are some queens out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, you know, and they want to hear it, too. Like, n no author wants to hear, you know, all great praise for the book. They want to hear what the criticism is so they can improve yeah. next time. Um, and so usually what we do, we discuss the book, um, and the author sort of answers questions, you know, that people have, you know, like, what was your motivation for this? Like, why did you choose to do this? Or, you know, mm. what did this mean? Mm. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun to get it's on both ends for us to, to sort of hear what they're thinking. And, and so we're not just there guessing, you know, right. what their motivations were, their intentions. And then for the author to see people discuss their book and see how we interpret their writing and, and how we engage with their characters. Oh, Wow. 
And have have everybody enjoyed the books that you guys have um, put together <laughs> or chosen? Or have everybody gone like, I don't know, who chose this one? Or uh... You know, it's mixed. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, and that's a great part of the club, too. Like, you get people, and of any book club, you get people um, discussing books, and everyone has their own opinion on it, their own take on it. You know, they read it from a different lens. Okay. Um, and so it's really great to hear how other people um, interpret the book or, or what they thought mm. of the book. And, and so we have a, a great mix of people, um, good mix of ages, good mix of, of genders, and, and, and that really makes it a, a worthwhile, um, rich discussion. Wow. And of course, you know, people do like a wide variety of books. Right. Um, and um, I, I think that's one other thing about book club people is they tend to have a wider range. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, there are definitely people uh, that or people have to find a book club that's very specific to them. Ah, mm-hmm. you know? OK. And and in one sense, that's the case here because it's GLBT literature. Right. right. But that's a pretty wide range it is. Um, yes. of stuff, unlike, say, a mystery where, you know, a mystery book club where, you know, uh-huh. people walking in might have, you know, oh, I like more of the hard-boiled stuff than the Agatha Christie. They may have, you know, nuances there, but there's a, a, a tighter common bond probably mm-hmm. than there is in GLBT literature. So it's been interesting to see the the growth because I, I see a lot of people joining. And in fact, maybe that's something you could talk about is the, the growth of the book club lately. Yeah, well, well, just before I get into that, sort of echoing what you were saying is, you know, one of our members, all of our members will say things like, you know, I wouldn't read this book if it wasn't for this book club. And, and one right. of the things that they like about the book club is wow. that it sort of exposes them to new types of books. Wow. Um, so that, that is a really great thing. And we have, we have grown recently. Um, I started the book club, well, I didn't start the book club, but I started attending meetings in 2005. The book club's been going since the 90s, at least. I'm not sure if it's been going. I think even longer than even that. Even longer than that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, um, I joined in 2005, and, and when I joined, it was mostly um, men. It was, it was a male-dominated group, um, mostly middle-aged men, too. Um, and nothing against middle-aged men. I, I love middle-aged men. I usually date them. But um, <laughs> we, we've really grown since then. Um, we're now averaging, this year, we've been averaging 16 people. Um, and wow. and the, uh, the age mix is great. We have people 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and up. And um, you know, a good mix of genders, like I said before. So it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of fun. It's great to see. We, we've put a lot of work into it, and, and it's great to see that it, it's been paying off. Now, what do you mean by you put a lot of work into it? How, how do you put a lot of work into it? Or Just recruiting members, you know, okay. like attending OutFest. We started, um, we got a website, which we never had before. Huh. Uh, we've advertised in, like, What Helen Heard, um, which is the Michigan uh, lesbian news magazine, yeah. and, and in other places, um, Pride Source, okay. stuff like that. Common language has been great. Keith has been great at common language and getting the word out and posting our flyers and nice. um, and displaying our books, featuring our books on, on his display. So common language is great. Uh, they give us a 10% discount on our books. Woohoo! Uh, and so, it, so it's really great. People can just go to Common Language, get our books, get the discount. Um, it's a great way to build community because, you know, mm-hmm. often the... Uh, Sadly, the LGBT community tends to, to splinter and, you know, people yeah. stick to their own place within the community. But with the book club, we really try to build a more inclusive, representative community. And it's been great to see that happening. Now, do you think it's because of the, the recruiting that you've been doing or because of the book choices? That's a good question. And I would say both. My one for <laughs> yeah. the night. I, I both. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and where do you meet? We meet over at RAP, so, so it's really convenient. We meet rap, at RAP in Broncourt right next to Common Language, so we go have our meeting. Um, afterwards, we might have dinner at the Out Bar. People can get books at Common Language. Um, so we, we really add, add, add to the life that's already there in the, in the Broncourt area. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously, it's it's monthly, so it's once a month. Yep. How how often is that? It's we meet the second Sunday of the month, <laughs> which is once a month. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks. And and um and what's your what's the name of the you said you've got a website and we've got a website sitemaker.umich.edu/queerbookclub. Wow! One more time. Sitemaker.umich.edu/queerbookclub. <laughs> <laughs> And and if you don't remember that, oh, you, <laughs> you, could, yes. you could just go to glbtbooks.com, which is the uh, common language one, and there's a button there for book clubs. Perfect. Do and you still have the two of them, the LGBT? Is there, there is um, one that is specifically for women, uh, Les Reed. Um, it was, uh, and, and you can follow the, the link there as well to find out about, um, what they're reading and when they meet, they also meet in Broncourt. Okay. Um, in fact, I think they're meeting at RAP now. They used to meet at, uh, Outbar, but I think it was more convenient to go there mm -hmm. and then they go socialize afterwards. Yep. Um, so, uh, in fact, the two clubs have actually, um, had joint, um, meetings in the past. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah a couple of years ago. We, how we had how did that go? I mean, that it would was be interesting great. reading two books and. No, no, no. It was one book. We, we, oh, gotcha. we agreed on a, a book to read and we met, we had a big picnic over in uh, Gallup Park. No fights um, broke out. It was in the wow. summer. No fights. Yeah. <laughs> um, we even had a book exchange, which was a lot of fun. It was a great time. Oh wow, mm -hmm. nice! So wow, so it's it's um, so like, what have been some of the books in the past that you've like? Some of the best books are the ones that folks have really responded to. Well, that depends who you ask, because everyone has their own favorite. Oh, book right okay, yeah. gotcha, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously the treats are hosting an author, so we we hosted just last month. We hosted the author of Band Fags, um, oh, Frank yeah. Anthony Polito. Who's a, a who grew up in Detroit, so that was a lot of fun. Yes, um, and there are a lot of people in our club who are band fags themselves, who identified you know, with the uh, the character in the in the book. So, and and Michigan has a pride band, a marching band, correct? Yeah, in fact, it was funny because he showed up uh, for the book club on. Um, uh, the weekend, and then last Wednesday, a week ago, um, uh, did something at Shout, and wow. and he brought the Pride Band along with him. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay, so that was kind of fun. Yes. Okay, because a friend of mine, I happened. Oh yeah, that's what happened. Is that I was there Wednesday in Broncourt. I didn't go to the book signing, book signing. Sorry, um, but um, but the friend that I was with was just like. What are all these T-shirts about with the the Pride marching band? Like, what is this about? And <laughs> Great uh, Lakes Pride Band, I think they're called. Got it. Mm -hmm. okay. Great Lakes Pride Band, um, and it is um, just to throw in, it's a little bit different because at a book signing or uh -huh. an author appearance like we had, um, the object for the author there is to try and get his name out and get the book um, uh, uh, publicized. Okay. So. Most of the people who are showing up to that have not read the book. Oh, there okay. might be a couple right. of exceptions, but for the most part, not. So then he'll do a little reading, and there may be some discussion. But you haven't read the whole book, so it's a different. It's not the same type of in-depth discussion gotcha. that the book club's going to have. Oh, wow! So, um, and that's why, as Kevin said, you know, yeah, you can have the discussion, but if you haven't read the book, but it's always going to be a lot more interesting for everyone um, mm -hmm. when, when folks have read the book. Oh, wow. Banfags was an exception. It's 433 That's pages right, yeah. We'll something. make an exception every yeah. now and then. It's not, it's not <laughs> a, a strict rule. And, uh, uh, um, but it, it, it did read quickly. It was so a very helps. quick read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Um, and this is something else more and more uh, books have, or they even have discussion questions in them. Wow, um, okay. Because they, they want to encourage book clubs. Oh, so. wow, okay. 
So what are some others? So we also hosted Andrew Byrell, um, and that book was First Person Plural, a novel about conjoined gay twins, oh, or conjoined wow. twins. One was gay, one was straight. So that was really interesting. They share the same body, and they wow. have to, to navigate that. That would be interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, big popular one was Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. Oh, yes. Um, had now, what was that about? That fun Home is about her life um, growing up with her gay father um, in the oh. Fun Home, which is a funeral home. Oh, uh, that was okay. their family business, and it was a, a graphic novel, so that was a, a different format, you know, another a new right. book for us. So oh, wow. really well done, um, heartwarming book, um, poignant parts in it as well. Oh, uh, wow. That was cry. very popular. Yeah. What's well, that? Well, you'll so. laugh, you'll cry. You'll laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> now, was the memoir that she was growing up, was she LGBT herself, or was it just growing yep. up with a gay father? Okay, got Yeah, it. so she's she's the um, the one who writes the uh, Dykes to Watch Out For books. Oh, the, the okay. comic strips. Got it. Okay. Gotcha. Wow. So when she wrote her memoir, she did it as a graphic novel, and it is her graphic memoir. Oh, okay. And it, it is just, it's very, very well done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, uh, what are some things that are coming up with the 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 books that you guys might be coming up in the future? So, let's see. Next month, we're discussing my husband, Buddy, Love, Sex, and Life with the Crossdresser by Helen Boyd. Mm. So that's uh, a straight woman writing about her marriage uh, to a man who's a crossdresser. Wow! Um, and and sort of that dynamic. Right, right. Which is definitely. I mean, I think definitely there's a lot of transition. That's. I mean, I know that that's a poor choice of words but <laughs> i mean there's a lot of transition and growth of mm-hmm. really understanding who you are and i think that that's um i've always admired folks that are going through that process it's a it's, it's, and stick with and stay together it's, a, it's an amazing process so and um any what what else are coming up so we also have the red rose girls an uncommon story of art and love by alice carter which I don't have really much clue what it's about, but uh-huh. apparently... Well, you haven't a- read it yet. It's coming <laughs> up. <laughs> but it sounds That's really interesting. in August. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so, wow, really you've really planned yeah. this far ahead. I mean, it, it looks like you go all the way up to like almost like November. We're picked through November, yeah. So probably in, in September, we'll, we'll pick again through February or March or something like that. So. Oh, wow. So that'll be your chance to weigh in, Dan, if you have a, a book that... That's right. Like exactly. That'll be your opportunity. One fish, two fish. Yeah, that would be my or or this or or the a picture book. Yes, <laughs> more Alison uh, Bechtel. That's right. That's right. Exactly. But um, wow. So and, and how does uh, how does someone join? There you go. Thank you. There you go. So all you got to do to join is just email me. My email address is kevin.correa, C-O-R-R-E-A, at gmail.com, and request to be added to our list, and that's all it is. There's no um, paperwork. There are no membership dues, um, nothing formal. It's just an informal club. You just get added to the email list, and you're welcome to attend any meeting. We have about 150 people on the email list. Wow. And uh, like I said, this year we've been averaging 16 people at the meeting. So it's a great club. It's a lot of fun. There's even a, a social component to it now where people have been organizing social gatherings outside of the book club meeting. So people have been going to concerts. They've um, been having happy hours, uh, movie nights, things like that. So, Oh, my gosh. It, it's really blossoming. It's, it's Absolutely. great to see. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Wow, that's right. I don't know these are the groups that just like anybody could come. They just basically announce it on the mm-hmm. uh, in the list serve, and then they um, right. Does everybody show up? We're red. Right. No. <laughs> no RSVP necessary. Yeah, no. Just show up. Yeah. Wow, and that's and that's really because that's just so great to see that that kind of grassroots gatherings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just see that with uh, front runners, um, where they were right. always doing things outside of the group, and mm-hmm. um, it was just really neat to see that it's still happening in other other areas of things but wow absolutely yeah so if, if you like reading and you like discussing books you know join us absolutely we're, we're always welcoming of new people and, so and, and like to be challenged as well because that's when I, it, it, you mentioned this earlier i think it's one of the things it's so easy to get caught into this is the type of book i like mm-hmm. and you spend your whole time looking for that type of book you never really challenge yourself to see what other um stuff is out there that you may really enjoy and had no idea or someone like me who doesn't read very often and don't know what's a good book and Mm -hmm. and being able to like oh rely on on the uh um um, experienced readers and like um who um and then and then go on your own discovery absolutely that's great wow so we're going to take a quick break um before we do that quick um how do we get a hold of you who want to join the book club? So again, just email me. My email is kevin.correa, C-O-R-R-E-A, at gmail.com. Or they can look at a we- at the website to see what, you're, what you guys are up to. Right. All information is on the website, uh, which you can find the common language website, glbtbooks.com. Gotcha. And um, and they meet every second Sunday at the wrap offices in Broncourt. Second Sunday, yep, 4.30 uh, to 6 p.m. And afterwards, we usually go to dinner. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to listen to... Um, I don't, I'm going to be surprised by Hyatt chose our music tonight, and um, and we'll see you on the other side. Sometimes we don't always 
Well, this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, welcome back to the book version of uh, Closet Surfer Clothes. What were we listening to there, Dan? We, we were listening to "I Feel It All" by the by Feist. Um, F e i s t is that right or Feist? It's Feist. I would say Feist. Yes, Feist. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And um, I, I, it was nice. I kind of liked it. I, I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel it all by Feist. Um, so um, absolutely. Thanks for choosing that, Hyatt. Great. So um, talking about books, and we're, we welcome Kevin to stay. We ask Kevin to stay on for the next segment and um, and talk about books for summer reads, things while you're on the beach at Saugatuck. And, I came for and, the books, and I stayed for the books. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In fact, this is how this all started, because uh, Dan called me up and said, you know, hey, it's time to do another book. Uh, Absolutely. Um, book thing. And then uh, I found out that I was going to be a co-host as well. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Just call me Gabe. That's uh, right. <laughs> though I haven't gotten quite the camp factor in yet. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think many people can. No, I don't think so either. No one can fill those big shoes. Oh, that's right. Those big stilettos. <laughs> that's right. But. But uh, anyway, and uh, and you were looking for subjects above Absolutely. and beyond doing the the books, and I said, let's talk about book clubs, That's and I'm right. so glad we did. And and in fact, I wanted to start off with um, the two, uh, the the most recent book club book, uh-huh. and then the one they're coming up on now. The one um, that they just read was Banfags, Frank Anthony Polito. Um, uh, very interesting, especially for the um, uh, people who grew up in this area, because it's filled with references of growing up in the 80s. And, uh-huh. um, and he grew up in uh, uh, Hazel Park, or as he likes to call it, Hazel Tucky. Yeah, right. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it's the story of uh, uh, from seventh grade to uh, uh, his senior year um, of being a band fag and sort of his... Uh, 
you know, it really isn't so much a, a coming of age story, I don't think, um, oh. uh, though there is that aspect to it. Okay. Um, but it is about the friendship between he and his best friend since seventh grade, as he calls him throughout the book. <laughs> um, and uh, Brad Dayton, am I remembering the name yeah, right? Yeah, good Brad memory. Dayton. And, uh, uh, it's, uh, and Brad figures out he's a band fag, a, truly a fag. Oh, okay, or got a it. total fag, all initial caps, oh. as they call it, um, long before um, uh, Frank does. Um, or uh-huh. What's Frank's character's name? Um, G- uh, Jack. Jackie. Jack, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, long before Jack does. So it's a, a lot of this interplay between the two kids who are um, both young gay kids and and how they're sort of figuring this out and... and uh, um, working between them, I I wouldn't be surprised if one of the questions you talked about um, at the book club was, um, "Gee, wh- what did you think your audience was?" Because in many ways it mm-hmm. seems like a you know young adult right. book, and yet in other ways it doesn't. It doesn't really read like this is um, something a kid today would necessarily relate to, because there's a sense of nostalgia to it too. This sort of eighties. So it, it was interesting. We, I know we talked a little bit about that with him at the, um, oh. at the author appearance. Wow. The one they have coming up is Marianne Martin's um, latest book, For Now, For Always. She's actually been uh, on the lesbian scene for a long time. The um, uh, Dawn of the Dance, I believe, is the name of it, was something that came out many, many years ago. And she's got about eight books to her credit, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in Ann Arbor quite some time. In fact, uh, she was formed a group uh, here many years ago, Women in Business. Um, and then a few years back, uh, started a um, publishing company, Bywater Books. Hmm. And uh, they, Bywater is an Ann Arbor-based publisher, and uh, they sort of have two different specialties. One is lesbian fiction, and the other is um, British mysteries. <laughs> I can see the relation. Um, <laughs> I can't, and if you ever get her on, you can ask her what the relation is. Absolutely. Uh, or you could ask her at the sure. book club. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, she's uh, she's really a remarkable person, and you know it sort of fits in the category of lesbian romance or something, but it's far more literary than just a, a sort of. Um, it does e- read easily. I'm not saying that this is you know some. Right. A dense piece or something, but there is, um, it's more than just a sort of piece of fluff romance. Uh, gotcha. In this particular case, it's uh, um, uh, about a woman who. Um, Let's see. Have you read it yet? Because um, no. okay, then uh, I won't give too much away, other than to say that um, uh, the the woman has been caring for a lot of people over her life. Um, uh. She's like the, I believe, the oldest daughter, and she takes care of like all the kids when there's problems, and it's a family wrought with problems. And, oh. um, and at some point, of course, discovers that she's a lesbian Uh-oh. and, and falls in love, and that's where the romance part comes in. Ah. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I should have put this in better order here. But, uh, how about I'll take this one out real quickly. Did we talk about Mandrake Broom at all? Nope. Um, it actually came out a while ago, but um, uh, it's appropriate to bring out because we're talking about uh, Ann Arbor Publishers. And yes. this was uh, Fire Firebrand Books' um, latest oh, yeah. um, thing called Mandrake Broom. Really interesting. Jess Wells um, uh, is, is also been around a, a long time uh, uh groundbreaking um, lesbian author. This one um, is a, a medieval story. 
and talks a lot about the um, uh, um, sort of the witchcraft and all that was going on in the the Middle Ages and how this was um, sort of where a lot of um, feminism was happening, where a lot of um, uh, lesbianism was happening. And um, learned some fascinating things from her. Uh, She did an author event with us. Um, Among them, uh oh, now am I going to remember how many millions of witches uh, of women were yeah. were killed for being witches you know you think oh, of the six at salem yeah. mm-hmm. but the over the 400 year period oh, um bet. there were millions of women who were killed um and the other interesting thing was their uh what are they called their companions their um uh, the cats okay were also destroyed really Guess what? cats kill rats Oh. And so there's a, you know, there's a lot of uh, undocumented stuff, but a lot of stuff where people are looking at it and going, you know, did the Catholic Church, by their destruction of the cats uh, of Europe, help bring on the bubonic plague? That's right. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's a little payback or karma, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if we're talking about that, then let me jump ahead to somewhere in here in the eye of the storm. But speaking of which, with uh, Mississippi speaking, over... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Catholic churches, in this case, it's the Anglican Catholic Church. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. The uh, Roman Catholic Church. Um, this is the book um, by... Gene Robinson, who is the, for those who don't, that doesn't pop uh, um, into your mind, he is the fellow who was named a bishop in the Anglican Church, and and he's openly gay, and because of his um, uh, election as a bishop um, has caused a rift throughout the um, little friction uh, episcopal and anglican church throughout the world especially a lot of the um, conservative churches in africa and uh it's very it's he's a fascinating man he um he spoke at uh this year's creating change mm-hmm. um i was out with the bookstore so i didn't get to hear him oh but, he was um, great but i had yeah. heard he's amazing and yeah. he is he is one who truly believes in the power of love and yes. and in loving your enemy and he um, believes that this will create change within his church, and I ho- I hope he's right about it. Yes, um, yes. But uh, um, f- fascinating figure. Absolutely. Oh, let's see. You mentioned earlier um, Augustine Burroughs. Long as we're on the um, uh, subject of of biography wow. um, or memoir, as the case may be. What is the difference between a <laughs> memoir and autobiography? Um, anyway, uh, this one, and, and it, you do have to wonder, how many memoirs can a relatively young man write? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> which does make you wonder, where does memoir be, end and fiction begin? Um, nonetheless, uh, this is uh, so much of the rest, the other memoirs have had to do about his mother or the what... Um, she did to him or Mm -hmm. why he was the way he was this is actually more about his relationship with his father a wolf at the table interesting and it's a very interesting cover i mean with the (laughs) four kind of bent it's kind of a very it almost looks like fingers it's interesting yeah or and the pages look at the pages (laughs) yeah that is um oh yeah so let's see for those reading those those uh listeners who can't see the physical uh (laughs) 
Oh, I have a couple of more biography memoir type things here. This is one that just came out um, called All, All I Could Bear, My Life in the Strip Clubs of Gay Washington, D.C. And it's by, <laughs> oh, and, and wow. it, it's really kind of interesting. It's by uh, this guy, Craig Seymour. Um, and um, oh, 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 I'm going to. Where where will I find this uh, quote here? Oh, yes, here we go. Um, little quote from the book. I love this. I felt that I'd made a transformation as surely as Superman slipping out of a phone booth or Wonder Woman doing a sunburst spin. I was bare-ass in a room of pain strangers, a stripper. After years of wondering what it would be like, I had done it. Faced a fear, defied expectation, embraced a taboo self. It was only the beginning. Uh, um, and Craig Seymour is a, a journalist, actually, and, and he was paying for college by being a stripper. And, um, and it's a it's really fun, fun book. Um, so there's that. Absolutely. And, and not that this is a direct connection, but going yes. back to Gene Robinson, if you want to listen to his uh, speech at the Creating Change Conference, um, you can go to YouTube and look up uh, uh, Gene Robinson and Creating Change, and it will pop up, both part one and two. Cool. So, so what else you got? Excellent. Um, okay, uh, here's one of my um, uh, maybe not so secret uh, um, <laughs> lusts. Is I. I love Perry Mason, <laughs> and I am so glad that they are slowly releasing the entire Perry Mason series. And mind you, this was nine seasons. Really? Nine seasons, and the first year they did 42 of them. Wow. It cut back a little bit, but still nothing like now where you know a season is 12 or 16 episodes. Right, right. And, and so you know, there's just, if you see reruns and you're like, Wow, I've never seen that one before. That's the reason why there are hundreds of those Perry wow. Masons out there. And um, can and you it imagine was... like Desperate Housewives? <laughs> Forty two. I was just thinking, wow. <laughs> and it was a weekly show, so there was you know an an hour show. In fact, it was the first crime drama that was a full hour long. Wow. And um, and and uh, so and they unlike today where you know they're putting them in the can a year in advance or whatever yes, yes. they were finishing these things like two or three weeks in advance wow and then putting them up and some of them I mean some of the production values are uh, the music's incredible you know you listen to it it's great jazz of the era that's um, a lot of oh times gosh. going on and um, and so they uh, um, and there are some wonderful moments because um, uh, uh, you know, he was sick throughout his life. He was always prone to illnesses of sort and everything. And so if he was sick, they couldn't stop production. Right. You know, it was going on. So uh -huh. what they would do is quickly re get a guest who would, and they'd quickly do a rewrite and basically give all of Perry's lines to the right. guest. Uh -huh. And then, you know, there'd be a phone call or two from Perry who's, you know, would talk to the guest detective about something or another and they'd move on. And the best one was Betty Davis. Oh! They got Betty Davis essentially to play Perry Mason. Oh, so I love it. has all of his lines, but she's on a divan with her legs crossed on the divan, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and oh, just anyway, um, and and as you may know, he was um, uh, uh, Raymond Burr was gay. Oh, and um, spent. Uh, uh, met, I think I knew that. But yeah, wow, met okay. the love of his, love of his life um, while on the set of Perry Mason, and they were together for thirty. Uh, for 35 years, uh -huh. um, and, but he was very 
closeted about it other than with very close friends. Okay. Um, and so the title of this biography is Hiding in Plain Sight. Wow. The Secret Life of Raymond Burr. Interesting. So, yes. so there you go. Wow. Uh, let's see. This one has been out a little while, but I don't think I've brought this on before. I never have, no. Um, this is called The Full Body Project. And, and we it, have a little history with that. We do. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I think it was last December, uh, waking up to NPR, uh, mm-hmm. that other radio station. And, um, and They're all right. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> They're not as good as us. <laughs> right. No, of course not, because this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. <laughs> That's right. 88.3 on your FM dial. That's right. And um, anyway, so we're listening, and there's this interview with Leonard Nimoy. And it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, knew he uh-huh. had been doing photography. So he's talking about this photography project and this book that he has coming out. And then he talks about this being um, about large women. And um, it's called The Full Body Project. And I was remembering at this point, it's like, oh, I remember ordering that for the store. Uh-huh. But in the blurb I had seen, it didn't tell much about the book. Oh, okay. You know, I just figured this would be something that people who are trying to be comfortable with their, right. you know, women of size trying to be comfortable about that would enjoy yes you know christy cardinals yes. uh, whole thing with Absolutely. Uh, no, lose. no lose yep. all of this i thought yeah this will be appropriate for the store anyway he starts going on and he starts talking about his inspiration for this having been this um big bottom bur- uh, fat full, bottom fat, fat bottom review fat bottom review which yep. is this burlesque troupe in san francisco of large women and it was founded by heather McAllister. And um, Heather, for those of you who don't remember, was um, very uh, important in this area. Absolutely. She worked um, with EMU. She worked with U of M. She worked with Triangle. Um, she just, worked with some of the Arab and Chaldean uh, community centers it, in Dearborn. And yeah. She did a lot. Just an amazing woman um, and sadly passed away um, uh, much too young. Um, but anyway, here's Leonard Newmore starting to talk about Heather McAllen. Alistair and being the inspiration and as he's talking about it it's with this just incredible respect both for her and for her message and you know so here is Spock Mr. Spock <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> essentially giving her um, Heather McAllister's message it was just it was a beautiful moment and I I'm bet. so happy about this book absolutely so, anyway it's a it's a photo book um and, and with uh, Heather McAllister in the book, absolutely. Yeah, Heather's in the book. Yeah. Um, actually, we have another woman here in Ann Arbor who's in the book, Cookie Wollner. Oh, that's right. Um, who had been part of the review and is now here in the Women's Studies program. And in fact, at she U still does. Yep. Okay. yep, at U of M. In fact, when Michelle T. was here uh, last fall, she did a little burlesque uh, routine for the for the um, uh, Sister Spit. Uh, oh, that was a lot of fun. great. Uh, let's see. Um, All right, we got two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, (laughs) then we'll do very quickly here. Just a quick note that Michael Tolliver lives. We talked about this before. Oh, I know. yes. Oh, it's but, in paperback um, now. It's now in paperback. That's why I brought this along. This is the Armistead Maupin book about, um, uh, it's it's written in the first person by Michael Tolliver. So it's not really quite like the Tales of the City. Okay. But it's Michael Tolliver in his own voice 20 years later. Really, really touching stuff. It's, um, it's wow. about family that you um, are born with and family that you choose, which of course was an ongoing theme yep. in tales of the city but it's done in a very personal way because of that first person wow oh gosh what else in a couple of minutes here um uh couple of, um 
I don't know if I brought this on before or not. Whipping Girl? Nope. Julia Serrano. She was here in um, Ann Arbor, uh, both at the U and at Shout. Um, amazing um, uh, male-to-female transgender voice. Um, r- writes a lot about how um, feminism um, ca- is oftentimes anti-trans. Yeah. And... Um, and she's a big supporter of Camp Trans and, mm-hmm. you know, these types of um, venues where, um, you know, trying to encourage women's only spaces to recognize that there's a wide variety of people who are women. Yes, absolutely. So, um, she's also a performance artist. And so um, uh, she did some performance art at uh, oh. Shout. It was just wonderful. But this um, is just uh, um, uh, an in- incredible book. Um sort of exploring um, trans issues in a way that uh, uh, is just exploding. Yeah, so, absolutely. Wonderful. Along the same lines, um, this is one of those great um, things where, you know, you can't know every book. Somebody came in and special ordered this. I'd never heard of it. Just came out recently. And it's because it's from a press that I normally don't pay much attention to, the University Press of New England. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's a great book, Transgender Voices, uh, Beyond Women and Men. And it's a bunch of, it's a collection, um, an anthology of um, uh, transgender voices and, and their stories. And great, great book. One more I minute. I think I'm out. One more minute? One more. I have one more minute. Okay. Make it count. That's uh, right. Make it count. Okay, um, I have not read this yet because um, it just came in, and I never got an advance of it or anything. But it sounded so fascinating. Oh. Um, it is called Interruptions, a novel by, uh, and I will probably get the guy's name wrong, Masoud Alemi, who is an Iranian American. He uh, moved here in 1981, I believe, and um, oh, 1977, and. Um, uh, and it's a fellow who is going to meet his lover and in the process of walking happens to be walking by an area where there is a big um, protest going on. And uh, he's um, taken in, believed to be part of the protest. And, he de- and you know, what's his choice? To either be a part of an insurrection um, uh, or hmm. to admit that he's gay and was on the way to a tryst. And, of course, that will... Earn him a death penalty in Iran. Absolutely. So not necessarily light summer reading, but important stuff. Absolutely. And I hear the music, so the rest of this will have to wait for another time. Yes, but we want to make sure we get in. There's some evident... Events that are happening at Shout. Um, uh, ben Lor- um, Ben Lerman. Lerman will be coming back this weekend, actually. That's right. Friday and Saturday. He was here last winter with the um, uh, Euclid. What, do, what is the name of his tour? Oh, that's right. Um, like Euclid, a- Euclid Winter Tour. That's and right. this one is the Euclid Meltdown Tour. <laughs> and we have a, I think we have a couple of guests to join him. So it's going to be, uh, you know, he's a little bit perverted and very funny. What else could you ask for in a ukulele playing Absolutely. comedian? So that's Friday and Saturday um, at 8 o'clock. Yep. Saturday at 10 o'clock, we'll uh, turn it around, and it's the monthly uh, Tracy Mack Girls' Night Out, and her guest this month is Just Jill. Which I think is hysterical, yeah. which is great. And then remember, there's some Pride events that are happening. Like, for instance, tomorrow night is the Pride Banquet uh, here in Metro Detroit. Right. Um, Where Gabe is receiving an award. Really? Yes. Wow, great. And um, also, be there. Um, Lansing Pride is also on the 28th. So um, we'll see you in Lansing, or I'll see you probably in Warren uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. So, um, and if I don't see you, well, then we'll just uh, we'll just talk next week. Talk to you later. Thank you, Keith. Thank, Thank you, Kevin. you, Dan. Thank you.
This is war to extermination. Fight cell by cell through bodies and mind screens of the earth. Souls rotten from the orgasm drug. Flesh shuddering from the ovens. Prisoners of the earth, come out. Storm the studio. Burnt metal smell of interplanetary war in the raw mean streets, swept by screaming glass blizzards of enemy flak. Ship lingles, brief doorways, cut word lines, photo falling, word falling, breakthrough in gray room. Towers, open fire. Citizen, you are listening to WCBN FM in Ann Arbor. Guilt, blast, pound, stab, strap, kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride music beam back to base. Stay out of that time, Flack. All pilots, ride pan pipes back to base. Definitely stay out of that time, Flack, no matter what you do. <laughs> and thanks, as always, to our crew for another fine edition of Closets Are for Clothes. And we're just on... 7 p.m., 19 hours in the Eastern Daylight Time Zone of the U.S., which means it's 23 hours UTC if you're somewhere on the other side of the globe enjoying life as the oceans lap at your feet or wherever you may be. This is Marvin Bartlett, and I ordinarily host Rorschach Radio DJ Without Borders on Saturday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m., but many of you are not yet conscious, and I'm often not conscious at those hours. In any event, I'm filling in tonight for Saruman, who is elsewhere, obviously, and although I can't in any way pretend to Saruman's throne, I will try to do my best to play some outstanding freeform for you in the meantime between now and 9 p.m. If you have a request or dedication, the number here at WCBN is area code 734 763 3500. This is a special edition tonight of Rorschach Radio, DJ Without Borders. You're tuned to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. 